For the Meat Poultry Podcast, I'm Ryan McCarthy, Digital Media Associate Editor. In this podcast episode, I talked to Jim Murray, the National Channel Marketing and Innovation Manager for the National Pork Board. Murray discusses the trends he's seen with pork throughout 2020 and how people are starting to crave variety in their cuts and recipes. He also talks about the importance of National Pork Month in October to the Pork Board and extending their message more. Later, Murray explains what he's seen out of food service and retail trends during the summer and what it could look like for restaurants and delivery in the near future. We hope you enjoyed this chat with Jim Murray on all things trending in the pork industry. Jim, I wanted you to start by talking about your background in the industry and how you got to this position with the National Pork Board. I'm a world certified executive chef with 30 years of global chef experience. And in the meat space, I started with Johnsonville and spent five years there as the self-proclaimed sausage evangelist, as well as corporate executive chef. And then I moved on to the National Pork Board, where I'm executive chef and national channel marketing and innovation manager working with both retail and food service operators to bring more pork to the plate. And I've been there for seven and a half years. Okay. I was just curious, I've been asking a lot of our guests, how has your job changed during the pandemic? Uh, What what has changed dramatically about what you've had to do compared to a lot of previous years? I would say as many other businesses, our operators and and contacts in both food service and retails really have just shifted over to being virtual. Um, and we still continue to provide our operators with the most current consumer insights as well as pork market data to help inform their business decisions related to pork. Um, I think most recently I've seen a rise in the number of operators that are looking for assistance in trying to define new cuts or underutilized cuts on their particular menus or in their retail operations. Gotcha. Um, And with your experience as a chef, what, what do you think makes pork such an integral part of cooking and how chefs are starting to use it in in a lot of different, different ways now? I think America is just waking up to the presence of pork. It's the number one consumed protein in the world. And so when you think of it in those terms, you really have a global palette of what I call flavors and techniques that can bring pork into the spotlight in both homes as well as businesses. In addition, pork is incredibly versatile and virtually can be incorporated into most dishes. Okay. And one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you this week, Jim, was about the National Sausage Month and Pork Month, which is in October. Um, did you, can you give us a little history of how this became something that people looked at and how it became a subject for you guys at the National Pork Board too? Really, it, it kind of stemmed as far as Pork Month around the fact that it was the time of year when traditionally most pigs were marketed. And today it's really a celebration to thank the farmers and share their stories with the consumers of pork out out there. 
As far as National Sausage Month, I think it goes back to, there's an organization called the Hot Dog and National Hot Dog and Sausage Association, which I believe in maybe 1997-ish, they developed um, their pork month their sausage month which just happened to parallel ours and when you think about it it only makes sense in terms of Oktoberfest and things like that right which would have came around at that particular time of the year how does a campaign like this help you in the pork industry um, especially in a time like this when you know people might be stuck in their same ruts that they've had throughout 2020 and could something like national pork month give them a chance to try something different with pork if they're if they're trying to experiment with something new yeah i think you're exactly right in terms of you know there's a couple of needs that our campaigns try to fill in the wake of the pandemic you know you would think as much pork as we are selling in grocery stores we wouldn't have to promote it but really people are starting to fight two things and that's cooking fatigue and wanderlust and they're tired of preparing more meals at home and looking for new recipes to keep themselves and their families from getting bored, they're also cooped up. They haven't been able to travel, whether that's across the country or around the globe. And food is a way to fight that wanderlust and give them a little bit of the experiences that they've been missing out on. And so now they can use pork as a passport to go to different countries, taste different cuisines, try different forms of pork and pork sausages to experience that wanderlust that they're experiencing. Right. And I was looking around uh, the National Pork Board website and I saw that you had done a few videos about that. Um, what kind of feedback have you heard from people when you've been trying to incorporate new things of pork throughout the pandemic? I think the, the feedback's been incredible. We do a lot of social media um, and all the feedback on that's been incredibly supportive of it in terms of we just want to know more. And that's one thing that the National Pork Board can do is to provide those resources and information about how do you do it? You know, what spices go in here? And if we don't know internally, we go outside and find the experts that can can help the consumers understand that. Hear from the experts in the industry on the Meat and Poultry Podcast. The latest news, trends, technologies, and people in the world of meat and poultry processing delivered right into your ears. Listen every Friday and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Right. I, I was curious about the consumer themselves. Uh, have, have you seen just a, a wide variety of people coming to the National Pork Board this year of, I mean, people way outside the norm? Um, during this time too for it for uh, information I think it's been relatively consistent but but the fact that everybody is pretty much officing out of their home gives them that much more time to ask questions and so we're more than happy to answer those questions whatever they need be and try to give them a better understanding um, it could be something as simple as the number one question on a Social media websites is how to cook a pork. So we'll, we will show you how that. Tell me a little bit about, because I know I asked you beforehand, what have you seen from consumers when it comes to pork products and food service and retail 
Um, are they interested in going back and picking up food, um, going to restaurants, trying new things? Like what's, what are you kind of seeing now in the summer months after probably going through the, the earlier quarantine period? I think we've seen a cycle. It started out when in early March, there was about 20% of the population said we definitely would not go feel safe going out to eat. And then it peaked at about 68%. Now it's kind of settled back in around 40, 45% ish, I would say. Um, in retail, we've just seen continuous growth because of the fact that people aren't really back to hitting restaurants as heavy as they had. And so they're relying on retail and retail growth has been exponentially large. Um, but at the same time, like I was saying, there's menu fatigue that's setting in and people are looking to get past that dozen or so comfortable recipes that they have and try to doing something new. And so whether a restaurant's able to deliver that something new or it's a retail environment that has a particular cut that they want to experiment with. Yeah, I, I wanted to pick up real quick on that retail part particularly. Have you seen people trying different cuts throughout the uh, pandemic with your uh, information that you guys have at the National Pork Board? Have, or have people just stuck to chops or shoulders or normal stuff? No, I think we've seen an exponential growth across the board. Something as simple as, as ground pork has grown right. double digits. And, uh, and other underutilized cuts, maybe part of it was that the variety that was available at certain periods of time when everybody really hammered retail, um, it just wasn't available. So they said, you know what, I'm going to buy some pork steaks or I'm going to buy, you know, some belly and try to figure out how to do it. And, and that's where the pork board came in and said, you know what, we will help you to cook dishes that are delicious and, you know, family friendly, friendly um, with these particular cuts. Right. You know, I'm, I'm really curious about food service. I know we touched on it a little bit, and I, I just want to kind of get your feel on how that's going to go forward for pork. Well, do you see it kind of as a hybrid model for any restaurant or food service location? Um, or is uh, delivery going to be a big part of this too for smaller restaurants? Uh, I mean, or can you even tell right now? I think what we're seeing is that, you know, it's definitely for many operators it's going to make sense for them to reduce their indoor dining footprint and so that would automatically say okay now where do we go and delivery is definitely the route whether it's takeout delivery curbside or drive through depending on the type of concept that people have we're also seeing a a large surge in what people call ghost restaurants or virtual brands where they're using their kitchen facilities to produce a menu that's only available for delivery and pickup. And it may or may not be associated with whatever that particular restaurant brand is. Um, you know, retail consumption, you know, just continues to increase um, interest as, as long as we can continue to provide new and flavorful ideas and options for them. Um, I think that, that that will continue to grow. And I, I know you, you, you've uh, focused mainly on pork, but I know you've got experience with sausage as well, all kinds with, with Johnsonville, I'm sure. Have you, have you seen um, any interesting trends with sausage as well throughout this time? 
I think we're seeing some form changes. Um, I was at Johnsonville during the time that they created one of the first patties of sausage. And now they're doing sausage strips that are very similar to bacon. So it's just, it's the same product that they're used to producing. It's just in a different form. And they had great success with, with patties. And I think that, that it'll be interesting to see how just simply changing the form for people gives them something new and exciting to look forward to. Right. Um, I was curious about what you've seen from pork products getting to consumers now. Have you seen distribution having to make a big change for companies? Um, are, are people going to have to get a different package when they get it from a pork processing plant or a pork processing producer um, in the future? What, what's been your kind of feel on, on that kind of area, the distribution? I think it's going to be one of those things that will be interesting to watch to see what term what long-term innovation really means in that space. You know, when pandemic hit and food service basically was shut down overnight or put into what I like to call long-term coma, um, it created a huge disruption. And, you know, you add to that an incredible run on the grocery stores where people were just stockpiling all different types of products. It created a disruption that, that really hadn't, been faced in the industry before, but what we saw really was it wasn't something that broke the system. It was something that simply bent it and they came back, you know, quickly and pivoted and continued to get food out there as fast as humanly possible. Um, there's a lot of innovation happening at the retail level amongst the packers to continue to, to get their product out the door so to speak, that we have plenty of pigs coming to the plants. It's a matter of, you know, getting them out the door and getting them out in the right forms that need to happen for the industry. Right. Jim, I, I know it's been a hard year for anybody in the pork industry, but I was kind of curious what you've seen that's inspired you. You talked a little bit about innovation there. Um, is there any specific example that, you, that you've really seen as like, wow, that's going to be something that's going to be part of pork? trends throughout the next few years? I mean, we like to say that we're producer-led and consumer-focused at the National Pork Board, and, and that's really true when you dial it right back to the farmer. You know, the farmers will produce what the consumers want, and so as the consumer needs change, and as we shift into different age groups of consumers, those needs will change. But the farmers rise to the occasion. The packer processors can rise to the occasion in terms of, okay, they want it in this particular form, this smaller package. Um, people don't buy big, large pieces of meat for the most part anymore. They like small individual sized meats and they, they shop multiple times. And so, you know, trying to rise to that particular occasion, I think is important as well. Gotcha. Uh, Jim, just a, just a few more. Um, what did you think, are the most important topics for people to discuss in the pork industry and some things that people might not be hearing about right now, specifically from your end, especially. I think probably the most <clears throat> misunderstood, not necessarily misunderstood, but wonderful story is, is the amount of sustainability that is practiced in the we care principles 
that the pork industry has developed. The fact that every day American pig farmers are continuously trying to improve on their care of animals, the environment, food safety, health, and their communities. That's often a, a story that doesn't get out there enough to the general public to understand. Okay. And Jim, just before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to plug and and else with the, what you're doing right now with the National Pork Board? I think going back to, to what I said, that we're a producer-led organization, that that the farmers are directing what we need to do and where we need to go. And all of those decisions are data-based in terms of what the consumers really want. Um, and what's, as I mentioned with the sustainability model of we care, is what's, what's right uh, in terms of the pigs, people, and the planet. Sounds good. Well, Jim, thanks for joining us. It's always interesting to hear uh, the National Pork Board perspective. So thanks for getting on the podcast with us this week. Thank you for having us. And thank you on behalf of the over 60,000 pig farmers and their families. Make sure to check out the latest stories from the magazine and online at meatpoultry.com. Also follow us on social media on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, all by searching at Meat Poultry. And if you like what you heard, please leave a rating and review. It really helps us. All right, that's it for this time, folks. Thanks for listening and have a great day.